Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. How's it going? It's going great. My mom brought that up. <laughs> Do that thing. And I've said it in a past episode, and then she was listening to that episode and said, I heard you say the thing about when your voice goes up really high and how, like, that's uncomfortable for everybody. And I just did it again. So, anyway, <laughs> everything is just fine. What's your update? I am considering taking a different approach to our updates. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm excited to tell you about it. <laughs> Fill me in. You know how our updates are meant to, like, keep us on track and Mm -hmm. share how we're working on things. And I think that that's been working really well. But what I'd like to do, and I'm just going to see if this this goes, is I'm going to try still doing it as an update, but I'm going to do, like, one thing I'm sticking with. Because I've been Ah. doing it consistently. I feel good about it. It has stuck. It has become a thing that I've now, like, infused into my life because you know I tend to have a habit of trying things and then never going back to them right (laughs) you're like I don't want to be mean to you but a different kind of habit building right positive good habits (laughs) exactly so I think I'm gonna try this and it's things like newsletters I've stuck with for like a long amount of time or how like my working out habits have like continued to fuel like my life but maybe they've shifted a little bit mm-hmm. in the way that I do them or even things like um, like habits that I've enjoyed and have not been difficult, even if they were hard to start, but the payoff is there, you know? I love it. It's like a Sid series of things I'm sticking with. Yeah, things I'm sticking with. And love I it. wish I had one prepared <laughs> today. The only one I really... School. School is one that I'm sticking with. School is a thing I'm sticking with. And because it was hard to start, it was um, very challenging. It required a shift in the way that I did most things. But it has a thousand percent paid off. And I think, like, going forward, it has helped me, like, re-engage with an ongoing learning option. And even if it doesn't look like a master's program, it looks like, okay, how am I digging into learning of some kind in an ongoing capacity? Um, So my update is I am flipping my own script. (laughs) And please feel free to join me if you'd like. Uh, But I think that that will help me stay accountable to the things that I really like doing. You know what mine should be? (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. No, to respond, because this is exciting, and I feel like this is great for you to acknowledge that and be like, this is something I need to do to, like, be consistent. Like, make the most out of what this is, because I think that it's really good, but this is a way for me to really, like, wring out the most of what I can do. But also for... The benefit is you win. Yeah. And I like to win. And I need a win. Like, it's great motivation for everyone else uh, to have uh, an inspiring person such as yourself to role model being consistent and sticking with something that may be hard. Thanks, friend. But follows through. Uh, But also, then you just get to do awesome things that make you feel good and help you grow. Yeah. And I think the way that I'd like to start, like going forward, is really thinking like a year ago, did I start anything new? And like, how is it going? Yeah. Has it totally fallen off? In which case, I will not talk about it. (laughs) 
or or maybe those will be things that I can talk about too is like things that I had every intention of sticking with and here's just, why this didn't work and just couldn't yeah so I, I feel like there are some different ways to come at this that will show me what I'm ready to take on why things have helped that have stuck around for at least a year or things that didn't and and why the timing might have just been off which is not a fail it's just a not right now I'm ready for it yeah um Mine probably should be uh, explore new interests because you need to figure out what you care about again. We can absolutely work on that. I think cheese and wine have stuck around with you for quite some time. And yeah. I appreciate those as hobbies. So, But I like a fun <laughs> motivator of like what's one new thing you did this week from like like a me perspective. Ooh, maybe that's your thing. Because I feel like the thing that I miss, like the thing that I was interested in, I have been interested in that's now missing from my life a little bit that needs like a fire under its butt again is the try something new or do something different or do something outside your comfort zone. I love that. And I like how both of these are like on different sides of the coin, but have the common goal of continuing to help us be better, Mm -hmm. which is obviously the reason we started this is to find different ways to be better. And so I like that. Maybe that's something you can do every week. I'm smiling (laughs) for all of those those folks listening. (laughs) That's awesome. I like that idea a lot. Well, I feel like uh, then my update is quite fitting. Um, because one of the things I've been trying to do more of is read. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. we've noted in a couple past, uh, I read some some fun for me books that a friend recommended. Mm-hmm. Which um, I got a lot of feedback actually from that the it's Nora uh, McInerney. I got a lot of feedback saying like I have those books if you'd like to read them, and I love those books, and I flew through them too. So shout out to everybody that gave me all that feedback about those books because they felt the same way you did. Nora is what's up. Yeah. Uh, We've shifted gears a bit. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I read those and I was like, what is this? (laughs) uh, And this is more of like a business book or like professional development or just like be a better person book. Um, But it came recommended recommended from my brother who read it and he was like we were just having a phone conversation he actually recommended this back in uh july during our break Mm. and he was like if you're looking for something to read (laughs) and as you can tell it took me a minute to get to it i bought it immediately but it's been sitting around and i was like okay it's time dive in and i am only uh like the in the first section i haven't read the whole thing yet okay um but at least the first part's great. It's called <laughs> Smarter, Faster, Better by Charles Duhigg. Um, and so far, he's tackled um, concepts on motivation mm. and psychological safety. And what's really interesting about the way that he brings it up, he like brings in research and like interviews and a lot of like really cool information and real life scenarios that back this up. So it kind of has, it reminds me of like, Freakonomics in a way, if anyone's read or listened to the podcast. Um, And so what was interesting about the motivation piece is that autonomy of choice is so important to you actually, like, continuing to do a thing. Like, Hmm. there has to be freedom for you to make a decision. There's A and B, and you have to pick one of them. And if you're And that's a motivating factor. Yes. Oh, 
Interesting. So I obviously won't like give it all away, but um, I thought that that was really interesting, particularly because the reason my brother and I were talking about it was like being motivated to like do a new thing, like consistency at the gym or like in his case, writing a lot um, and making sure that he stays consistent with his writing because he's creative writing. Uh, he's great. Uh, shout out to, to Quinn if anyone wants to hire him. Love you, Quinn. He lives in L.A. He's awesome. He's cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think it's really interesting to think about this stuff. But um, he said to me, he was like, there were certain parts of it that were obviously really interesting to me. But then it also goes into a different perspective of like, if you work for a team or like are a person that like manages a team, there's like quite a bit of helpful tips in there. Nice. And so I liked the topic of psychological safety and they talked about how that exists within SNL. So it's like cool pop culture comparisons and then like Google doing a bunch of like behavioral studies um, to improve the way that their teams work. Okay. And this idea of psychological safety is like good teamwork is built off of people feeling like there's a shared uh, safe space to take risks and 1, also not feel like your team's going to reject you or judge you for the work that you're doing. Um, and also it's like a trusting environment for you to like share your perspective or share feedback openly. Um, and also like people are going to get rowdy in the room potentially, but everyone is respecting each other and like everybody has a voice. Love that. And I was like, this is so great. That's the kind of stuff that you're like, if it doesn't exist in your workplace or even if it does, but to what degree does it? And then it, it really helps you take a step back from like the team that you work for and being like, how much of this is present in my environment? Mm-hmm. And can we have more of it? Or like, are we doing it and go like, yay us if we are. But that, I, I love that stuff because if you work for a team, either remotely or in person, I think this is really important stuff that helps you feel like you have ownership over the work that you're doing collectively. And that only helps the team thrive, mm-hmm. which is super exciting to think about. I love that. Yeah, I really like that a lot, actually. Um, I'd be interested. I have to read a leadership book for one of my classes and do like a whole report on it. And I'm wondering if this would live in that category of like, again, it's kind of an interesting, like, I'll keep you posted. Yeah. If it would fit into that category, but it sounds like at least for the team dynamic stuff that I'm doing, this would obviously fit right in there, Yeah. but that's super cool. I'll let you know as soon as I pass like page 60. Thank you. (laughs) But I'm glad that you stuck with that because I think that you've been really consistent with your reading habit. Thank you. That's great. And I think you needed the like for you book to get back to your love of the like business, personal development, professional development books. I too like the balance. Yeah. So it's like fun for me, fun for my brain. Yep. Yes, and we need that balance to get through pretty much everything. So For sure. That's great. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on that book going forward. All right. What are we talking today? Today, we are talking about a workshop that we recently attended. Woo! You, you were there. I was there. <laughs> and it was really good. It was, so it was with Emily Aries, who, among many, many things, um, has recently released a book that she wrote called Bossed Up, A Grown Woman's Guide to Getting Your S-H-I-T Together. We are, Bleep. Not, we are not a swearing podcast. 
But, um, and she led a workshop on assertive communication. She was brought to Rochester by the Junior League of Rochester. Our friend Laquanda brought her in, was a friend, is a friend of hers, used to work with her um, as an intern and gave a really wonderful, I think, intro because she knows her personally. Mm-hmm. And I think it instantly set the trust in the room of this moment where you're like, I trust Laquanda, Laquanda trusts her. So now I trust her. <laughs> and it was such a necessary workshop because there was a distinction made between like assertive and other things that women especially, but people in general get labeled quite often. Um, It gave us a chance to do some like role playing and really dig into things that made us bring to light things that we do regularly. I think, you you know, you and I (laughs) that we really needed to work on. And so we were excited to bring this to the table today because I think it affected us both in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. but first and foremost, it was just something that, um, we didn't, I mean, for me, I didn't realize how much I needed this. Um, I thought of myself as like a, a very communicative person, but not necessarily assertive communication. It really lived in the, like, let's hear all the thoughts and like, let's bring everything to the table. But when it came to, I'm to, for, me to share my feelings on things and when I needed something to help my work get better I realized like this was sorely lacking Mm -hmm. in my like arsenal of skill sets and I think at a like a greater level obviously like the reason why this workshop is valuable and people and companies keep hiring Emily to do this awesome work is because it's stuff that's hard yeah and you actually have to practice it and like be aware and conscious of like because again the distinction of assertive versus aggressive and other forms of communication is actually the most important part of the process because if you're not aware of how you're communicating with people you're essentially everything you're doing is ineffective right right and it's such a reflective process to walk away from and be like how did that go did i get what i needed how did i come off to the people around me did i did i like get to the end goal what was the outcome and like asking yourself all of those questions and I think this workshop really allowed us to take that step back and be like what have the conversations I've been having even sounded like from the receiving end because I know the way that I thought they went lovely (laughs) but who knows what the receiver on that communication or that conversation really understood from what I was saying Mm -hmm. um and I think that Emily was a fantastic presenter, which I always appreciate um, when it comes to keynote speakers. She has research to back up the work that she's done, and the book that she wrote has a lot of research involved in it. Um, And like you said, she does a lot of talks around this type of work. She's been hired by so many companies to um, not just give talks, but like dig into how things are going for those organizations and like what their work looks like in relationship to um, assertive communication among many other like kind of skill sets that have to do with workplace behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just really good. So we wanted to get into what we talked about during that workshop, what we learned during that workshop and like how we are feeling post-workshop and what we want to do with all that. Let's get into it. Let's do that. We should start with how close to home this hit. (laughs) I think it's such an important thing for us to be aware of because I think it's a true challenge. And I think as women, it's it's not a common 
way of framing the way that we communicate and or we're not we're taught it wrong right right i think we are told to be like we need to placate and we need to make sure everybody is fine and everybody has what they need Mm -hmm. and everybody is happy instead of thinking okay what do i need and what is my point that i need to get across and how do i do it in a way that is still like inviting to the group because you don't want to like shut everything down but you also have a goal for why you're there and if you aren't assertive in how you're communicating that then chances are it's either getting lost or it's not being heard or it's getting bowled over by someone else who is maybe more assertive than you yeah and you make a good point that i think can be the root of a lot of these issues is like is everybody happy like did we all walk out of that room do we feel good that's literally like stamp on my forehead what i work toward (laughs) far too often and then all of a sudden you're like why are none of our meetings effective (laughs) why aren't we getting anything done well and one of the things around (laughs) leadership as as a process like we talked about in the last episode as a process as an idea when you are a leader it is being able to take make tough calls while still like hearing the group Mm -hmm. and that comes down to what this is and what this workshop was about is like at the end of the day decisions need to be made Mm -hmm. and if you are not effective in helping people understand what decision was made and how it was made and who made it then then, then you are behind the eight ball mm-hmm. and you're not getting it done the way. And th- these are all like our thoughts around how we're feeling about this work and how it kind of lives in our day to day and the work yeah. that we do. I should make that clarification. Um, Emily's presentation was wonderful. And I think this is our opportunity to like kind of break down how we plan to and want to kind of infuse this idea into the things that we do every day. Yeah. I One of the things that, Obviously, like the basis of the the workshop was around assertive communication. But what I think the way that Emily set it up was talking about how assertive communication is different than aggressive communication. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what that difference actually looks like. Um, and not that that's something like we know vocab. Right. Like, it's probably clear the difference between those things. But when you actually see the two of them side by side and realizing that aggressive communication is like you pointing your finger and being like, I'm yelling at you because I want this thing. And Mm -hmm. it's all about you and the things that you want to achieve and you're serving yourself. Whereas assertive communication is like, I'm saying what I'm saying because this is for the betterment of the team, the organization, this group that we're communicating with, you're focused on saying something sternly or assertively so that the team can progress or you can make a decision and come to the conversation in a productive, progressive way. Right. Absolutely. And I now have caught myself so many times saying the word aggressive because it's just part of, I think how I do things is like, oh, that was really aggressive of me. Like, sorry about that. When it really wasn't. (laughs) Like, So (laughs) A, let's catch ourselves when that happens. Right. Because I think it's our default setting is if if we are like, if we say something with conviction, we're automatically aggressive. Mm -hmm. And that is the way that we think of it. And what I appreciated about the talk um, that Emily gave was about the biases that we just naturally have too. So if we have always 
inherently seen women who speak up as aggressive, it's not surprising that we still think that way, even in our best interests and our best selves are like, I know she's not aggressive. I know they're not aggressive, but there's a thing that like flips inside you that like triggers that aggressive thing. Well, yeah. And you're, if you're heightenedly aware of like wanting to create an inclusive environment, but then you see a woman like react in a way that there isn't necessarily like a setup mm-hmm. to say like, oh, like you do you are automatically taken aback because it doesn't happen very often. Right. So and it's I not think, received well usually. True. And so I think that like part of the problem is that it's the bias exists because women aren't acting on assertive like that's just not protocol. Right. And so one of the things that obviously will help is if we continue to be assertive and communicate clearly. But what I loved about the workshop is that Emily talked through some of the ways that we can frame the conversation so that it's not perceived as like, oh, that lady is a B. Right, right, yeah. And I thought that that was so helpful. That was the game changer for me. And that kind of, and I assume you're talking about intent than content. Sure am. <laughs> this was... I, I think I like looked around. I was like, is everybody as excited as I am to now have like a light at the end of the tunnel? We were like at a table kind of in the corner and I'm terrible during these things. I like get amped <laughs> up and I'm like, guys, like, listen, <laughs> it was rad. It was like an audible gasp and like turn around and I was like, Sid, and we oh are never God. cool. We are never cool. We are the people <laughs> that get really jazzed about this kind of stuff, which is why I love you and that we're friends, but the intent then content made it all come together because I think there's one thing with like understanding vocab and the difference between aggressive and assertive, Mm -hmm. but there's something else with seeing it in action and the intent then content was what in Emily's talk, she, she said really makes a big difference. So you're, the intent is to um, either make sure all voices are heard or be aware of time or things that benefit the group as a whole. Just like you were saying around like assertive means that you're you're really thinking about the other people around you. So the intent piece is like, how is, you know, what I'm going to say benefiting the group or benefiting someone around me in addition to myself? Um, and then content is to really say like the assertive thing, like say it flatly, directly, and without like the fluff. Yeah. And one of the, what I think is really helpful in framing it this way is you explain why you're doing something or like the rationale for why you're saying something that like might be hard to hear. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I loved the example, maybe because this is something that like I have to do every day. Mm -hmm. But one of the examples that uh, was on the screen was like talking about uh, everybody's going to have to work late so uh, we can hit the deadline. (laughs) And you're like, like, that sounds awful. Working late. Ah, no, overtime. And then they're looking at you like you've delivered terrible news and this is all your fault. (laughs) Yeah. But the flipping of the script is we have a deadline we need to hit. As a result, it's really important that the team puts in a few extra hours so that we can deliver a really great product. And like giving context and giving perspective to the rest of the team at the upfront to like share why something needs to happen just softens something that's 
can be hard to hear. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's what I loved about this is you don't have to change the person that you are. I don't have to all of a sudden be a person that does not give a hoot about people. It actually allows me to do that more in a more direct way where I'm not putting like myself on the line and like finding all of these different ways to make sure everybody around me has like all the happiness in the world Mm -hmm. at the expense of my own. This is a way where everybody gets what they need and in a way that is not going to like come for someone's throat. And that was super powerful in that moment because I think, again, like personally, this is something I didn't realize I struggle with nearly as much as I do. And I try to be prepared for most things. And we'll get to this in a little bit, but we then worked through like some scenarios and said like, okay, what would you say in this instance? And and did like kind of the role-playing thing. And I was at a total loss for so many of the scenarios because I was like, I have no idea what I would do. I have no idea how I would come at this with the assertive communication like hat on. Yeah, it, the worksheet sh- that she provided reminded me of like prep questions that you would have for an interview mm-hmm. where it's like, you find yourself in this situation. <laughs> how would you handle it? And you're like, well, I'm fully unprepared. And I'm like, well, I accidentally just yelled at that person and told them that they were stupid as like a first instinct in my brain. And I feel like the way the like intent then content helps me also think about like, how do I communicate my needs of like, I want to say no to this thing, but maybe I need to like there's an element of that where it's like the setting of the boundaries is so important. We've talked about it so many ways, but like when you're sitting in front of the TV and someone's like, Hey, do you want to come shopping with me? No. Right. And why not? (laughs) Like get off my back. I don't know. I'm watching TV. It's like, Hey, I really need this downtime because I've had a really long week. Would you mind if I stayed home and, or I'm going to stay home to get some R&R. Like, I'm even, like, workshopping it as I'm speaking it because I'm, like, you don't need to ask permission. Say what you're doing. Right, right, exactly. And I think what's interesting about this, too, is, like, it's almost, and what I appreciate about what Emily was talking about is, like, this exists in our familial relationships, Mm -hmm. our platonic relationships, our our romantic relationships, and our work relationships. And so knowing that this exists in all spaces and learning how to do it and have it shift from like one group of person to the next, I actually find I struggle with this in all areas, except for maybe my romantic relationship. And I think it's because there's an, there is an inherent trust there Mm -hmm. that I know I'm not going to break someone by being direct. And I don't know that for sure in all of my relationships. (laughs) And that's a problem. (laughs) So I think that's another thing that comes into this like assertiveness, but with the intent then content, you don't necessarily, I think it's always great and important to have trust, but with this process, you don't need to have it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think because I'm so concerned with having it, it has prevented me from doing this. Mm -hmm. But if I frame it this way and I know that this is what needs to happen, and I'm not having any malicious like intent, um, it allows me to not think through every situation or scenario that's going to come off of this if it doesn't go exactly the way it was supposed to go because I now have this model to follow. And again, like practice it, but I have a model to follow instead of being like, well, let me spend a lot of time with this person, gain their trust, then maybe eventually I'll be ready to be assertive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
But I think from a broader context, it's really valuable for us to be thinking about how important assertive communication is Mm -hmm. because it helps us get the point that we're trying to make across in a way that's effective and clear and direct and doesn't make us feel small or fearful of retribution or like retaliation. Obviously, if you're working in an environment like that, that's terrifying Mm -hmm. and like... Let's talk about that another time. (laughs) (laughs) That's a separate workshop, I imagine. But it is like, I personally feel like it's really hard to bring up a hard thing when you're like, what kind of environment? Like what I was talking about earlier of like, is this a safe space? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Do we all trust each other? And um, how can we create that environment so that when you are sharing feedback or you are communicating something to the team or trying to just move forward on a project or making a decision and clearly stating what needs to happen and why, Mm -hmm. but providing enough perspective to like make sure that they know that we're all on the same team. 1000%. And the person that comes to mind like instantly when I think about who is masterful at this and I admire them like, so much. I think about this all the time. They're a great leader. They are a great team member and they do this just so well. And I'm now like tempted to ask them like, did you, do you just know how to do this or have you worked? Like, how did you get to this point? Mm. But they do this so well because they always make it about the people around the room, but there is always a clear mission that needs to be accomplished. There's always a clear directive and it's, and it's not like fluffy and like feel good. Sometimes it's, it's sometimes really not fun to hear, but it is coming from a place of respect and honesty and like directness by saying like, this is, we're all here for this reason. And this is what we need to get done. And this is how we're going to get it done. Boom out the door. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes me just feel like the utmost respect for them because that's a honed skill, I imagine, but I've never felt the aggressive has never come to mind when thinking about the way this person delivers information. And that's a that's a true and this person is a woman, I should say, as well. Um she's serving the group. She and and it's really like it makes me just like e- have even more respect now having this understanding of the difference here and how lacking I feel I am in this skill set. I see it done so well that I'm like I want to be like that. I want to be that kind of a leader. Yeah. I want to be that kind of a person that can share that and not scare the crap out of anybody by doing it. <laughs> and I think the other thing that's helpful is like having the confidence in yourself to know that the thing that you have to say is worthwhile. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a huge part of it. <gasps> and it's like the power like, stance. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. And Emily did that too. Where you're like, just walk into it. Like if you're going to, if you have to say something hard and, or, you know, give some feedback that may not be easy um, or may get pushback, of like sit up straight and like get into your diaphragm mm-hmm. and speak from like from the, the depths the of your soul. <laughs> 
And that makes a huge difference. eye contact. And even if no one else notices it, you change. You yeah. When you do that, you change. Yeah. Because the, the very few times that I have attempted the power stance, I feel way better. Oh, yeah. And I don't know why I don't do it more often. Well, even when Emily was on stage, she demonstrated it. And she did, like, what did, how is it different if you, like, get you're, like, all, like, small with your and stuff. you're, like, fiddling with your hair, your jewelry? Like, no one's going to listen to you if you're all, like fidgety around right so like sit confidently sit forward sit in the front of your chair speak clearly speak slowly pause yeah appropriate pauses oh i was listening to a podcast the other day where the person it was like a power pause oh it was lengthy it was like pregnant pause a pregnant (laughs) pause if you will it was it was lengthy enough where i was like did some did my it, did something pause? <laughs> what happened? Is someone trying to call me? <laughs> and like, but there, was it effective? So effective. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's so rad. I'm I'm gonna think about this. All right, because it is hard. I catch myself doing that. Uh, right. Let me the filler. Let me think about the filler words or however we like to. <laughs> ruin our put, put things in places that they don't belong <laughs> it's such a it, that's such a good point and I've, I think again another thing that I'd really like to work on is slowing everything down and making sure it's coming like that it is being communicated not just assertively but effectively mm-hmm. like these things all really start to tie together but I think the one thing that we we haven't done and we've done communication episodes before, but the assertive piece is a thing that I think we were never equipped to really dig into. So I'm so thankful that we were able to attend this workshop and really take some core pieces mm-hmm. away. Um, and I'm trying to, like, I, there are different areas that I think I could, like, implement this, but I, I'd like that to be a goal of mine is to really find ways to... Um, intentionally place this practice Mm -hmm. and it doesn't come up all the time but when it does like take a pause to think about how I'm about to say a thing or how I'm about to ask for a thing that I need and how I'm doing it in the assertive like I'm I'm thinking of the group or I'm thinking of myself honestly um and what I need but again saying I can do my best work if given these circumstances or I can be a better person, partner, friend, whatever it is, if I'm able to do things this way. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do things this way. Totally agree. I feel like the way that it will be helpful for me is to prepare like from a written perspective of writing down the scenarios. If it's like walking into a meeting and being like, this is one thing I want to be able to get across. Mm -hmm. Or if I know that I have to communicate something via email or via slack whatever actively read through what i'm saying and how i'm saying it and i think though the awareness of this differentiator and and thinking about framing it in a, a slightly different way with the assertive framework of intent than content I think will be really helpful. Hugely helpful. And I was just thinking too, I think there are moments where I feel like I communicate like very effectively because I've been told that I did, but I'm like black out in that moment. And I don't know like what I just said or how I just said it. Or when someone says like, that was great. I'm like, what? (laughs) And I forget. And so I feel like I like that tactic because it allows you to like be in the moment 
and not just communicate effectively, but then with that added like assertive piece, if you write it down beforehand, like you'll know what you said and Mm -hmm. you'll be aware of it and you'll see it and you'll be like, okay, let me do that again at a later date at a different time and have that practice. Exactly. This takes practice. It sure friggin' does. There will be several resources linked in the show notes because I think Emily obviously is, uh, Emily Aries uh, is the pro Mm -hmm. on a lot of this stuff and she has some wonder, like a fabulous TED talk and uh, internet presence across the board and a podcast herself. So um, we will share all those resources at queenspeaking.com slash 88. We sure will. And you can find us continuing the conversation on Instagram at queen underscore speaking. So we will meet you there. Shall we break? Let's break. <laughs>